guys, welcome to the Hacks Basely Show. My name is Basely Yorobi and I am the CEO and founder of Connectex Global. In this podcast, I will answer to the couple questions about tech, entrepreneurship, and life. Hi everyone, my name is Basely Yorobi. I'm the CEO of Connectex Global, but today not about me. Is about Roxanne. Hi, Roxanne. Hi. How are you? Great. Great to be Ooh. here. Yeah, great. So, uh, first of all, can you introduce yourself uh, to my uh, audience, please? Yeah, sure. Um, so, I'm originally from Palo Alto in the US, moved to France about 10 years ago, and today, a director of Station F, which is the world's largest startup campus based in central Paris. Cool. So, um, uh, I'm I'm very gra- great, um, glad to uh, having you on on uh, on this podcast because a lot of time we are starting since 2015 we started to uh, exchange by email and after after uh, I think like more than four years finally I see you in re- uh, in real it was really cool to uh, see you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was after a long time of uh, sending emails back and forth. You're right. Yeah, yeah. And what thing you have in common with Xavier uh, 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 and uh, we will talk about all these amazing men that you answer to all your email. Like since I, I sent you email in 2015, every time I send you an email, you answer all the time. And uh, thanks so much for that. <laughs> well, that's, that's great to hear. And it wasn't always the case. I used to really struggle with my emails. So I've worked very hard on being organized and responding to people quickly. Yeah, so I know my question I have in my head finally because this thing is really great uh, to talk about that. So do you, uh, I, um, do you practice the zero, this, the zero email uh, stuff or, or not? So I think in my own sense I do because I, as you mentioned, I don't like to leave emails unanswered. I like to respond quickly. Even if I'm gonna tell someone, you know, I, I can't give you a solution or I can't meet with you right now, I always respond to people. Um, but I don't, ha- I don't use a zero inbox strategy like uh, a lot of people have very sophisticated models. I essentially just, if I've read an email and responded, I consider it's treated and I don't do any special, you know, crazy archiving, tagging, what have you. I don't have any crazy system for it. Cool, cool. So what is your ritual and routine when you wake up? What do you do the first? Um, so I'm someone I don't like to linger in my bed. So I get up uh, early, I get ready fast. I like to like start my day kind of high energy. Um, I think probably I have a day that's very similar to a lot of people uh, kind of like get going, get going to work. But what I do that I think is probably differently for most people is I actually read my emails in the metro. So work for me starts when I get into the metro because I like to have read all my emails by the time I get to the office. I hate showing up in the office and discovering something I didn't know about. Um, so actually I consider the office uh, or the Metro an extension of the office. <laughs> cool, cool, very cool. And, uh, and, and you, you are not uh, like overwhelmed because like, you know, many noise in the, in the Metro, like many things and read a lot of emails, like it's, it's not overwhelmed. overwhelmed. Oh, it's just like, cool. How, how you do try to be focused on, uh, on the metro? Actually, I think um, probably a lot of people don't enjoy the metro. I really enjoy the metro because I feel like I gain 30 or 40 minutes in every day by this time that I have, uh, able, I actually am able to work. Um, I'm not distracted at all. I don't even, you know, I don't know why. I'm one of those people that 
when I'm concentrated on something, I don't really hear what's going on around me. So it works pretty well. Oh, cool, cool. So what is your, uh, what is the three mobile application you use the most? So you told me, yeah, I, you asked me to pick three. It's so hard to pick three. It depends actually uh, on the- That's the game, you know? That's the yeah, game, all, no. all people do that, right? Okay, so let me let me take my phone and just look at um, like what what's on my home screen. But personally, though, I, I think I I know I know the three mobile uh, the, the first one. Okay, you know. guess guess what they are. <laughs> I mean, the first the first could be like your uh, the the mail the mail because you know you yeah, that you use mostly email, but mail could be the first, right? Exactly. Yeah, I have two email uh, applications that I use. I actually use the the iPhone email app for work email because. Um, you can use it offline and it, it kind of like it, it has a lot of really great offline features. I also use the Gmail app for my personal email. So I use two different ones. Probably a lot of people think that's crazy. Um, <laughs> I would say probably the other apps that I use a lot. Um, I have recently like started using Google Task, um, which I actually have when I when I open my email on my computer, it also is on the on the email screen. So you can actually do that in, in Gmail. Um, and so actually any task that comes into my head at any moment in the day, I put it in my mobile phone and then it, it's in my email. So it's a really great way for me to get stuff out of my head and not have to stress about it. Um, so I'd say that's the second one that I use. And the third one, oh my God, it's so hard to pick. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say, <laughs> I'm going to have to say, can I do a tie between like Slack and Notion? I love them both. Yeah, yeah, you can, you can add, you can add more, you can add more because it's Good. you and I love you, so you can add more, no problem. Super, super. Yeah, no, I think Slack. We just use it so much uh, at Station F, obviously, but I think there's just so many great Slack communities that are being created, and I, I like it more than WhatsApp, which I feel sometimes is really intrusive when you're kind of in a in a really big group and you're just getting messages like all day long. Mm. Um, so Slack is a great one, and then Notion. I have like fallen in love with this tool. Um, don't tell my husband. And so I put everything in the <laughs> <laughs> Well, why we don't, don't, don't tell us you, to your husband? He don't like <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So cool. So um, can you share your, uh, with us your journey? Because, you know, not talking about, you know, uh, about, you know, your routine, etc. It was just like, just just to share with people that you are, okay, you are the director of this amazing big uh, uh, worldwide uh, uh, campus, like the, big, the best and the big one in the world. But at the same time, you are a mother, uh, a woman, and uh, you are a person, right? Many, me, you are, you are, you know, uh, you're all, uh, are all common people, right? So, but in the same time, also many people want to know your journey, like how, how, Rockstar became the Rockstar right now. This version of Rockstar, uh, because because right now you are so empathetic and uh, you involved in uh, like in diversity in in, uh, in social justice, you know, equity, you know. Yeah, tell me how how you do and tell me more how you do uh, how you became right now the Rockstar we know right now. My God, it sounds like I became something uh, <laughs> a lot bigger than what I really am. Um, so I think probably I can I can maybe just backtrack like ten years ago when I was living in the U.S. Um, one of my first jobs out of university was what is today Business France. Um, so I used to go to American companies and tell them you should open offices in France. 
um, and a lot of them were Silicon Valley based tech companies because I was working out of San Francisco. And they would all look at me like I was crazy. They're like, you're this like American girl, you're like 20 years old. Why are you telling me to open an office in France? Um, and so after two years of doing that job, I decided to actually move to France uh, for a master's degree. Um, and when I got here, I realized that actually the reality of what was happening here was so different from what people thought and what they heard in the US. Um, there was an ecosystem, there were startups, there were funds. Uh, all of the crazy like strikes and you know everybody's on holiday and stuff like that actually didn't really feel like it was impacting work culture as much as the Americans thought. Um, and so I really got fascinated by this and the ecosystem also kind of started to really pick up that year we had a whole bunch of new funds that were launched and so I got really involved I was doing a master's but actually I don't think I ever went to class. Um, I started writing for TechCrunch. I launched what was Girls in Tech, so a network for supporting women. I launched the FailCon conference to talk about failure. Um, and after one year of my master's, I went to London, ended up working for some startups there, but I just missed the French ecosystem so much. Uh, I came back after two years, joined Microsoft, and now it's been five years that I've been in Station F. And so I think you know, my whole thing has really been, I think I've been in love with France, like even from high school, and I can't really explain it to anyone. But I've really also been so fascinated by this ecosystem, because I think as an individual, um, I felt like I had a lot more impact, uh, you know, that I could make on the ecosystem here than I could have ever had in San Francisco, where everything was like developed and almost felt saturated. Hmm. Yeah. But for me, that you know, another question I will, I will ask due to your 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 journey, like you had to prove that now we are a global citizen, like American women born raised, and right now, if you don't if you don't you don't talk about your you know your 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 origin, like many people can think that you are French because you speak French without accent. Right. So <laughs> how you how you do that? How you do that? Like when you speak on your English way, like it's normal because you're native speakers. But when you speak mm. your French way, like you're a native speaker too. Like we're the <laughs> that we can choose. Okay, I can born, be born as a Ivorian, black people, whatever. But if I decide <laughs> to be like American or French or whatever, I can. You are the proof. How you do that? It's, it's just crazy. When I hear you on, on when you you speak French, I say, damn. She's American. <laughs> How she do that? Thank you. That's so sweet. But I think um, my team can can attest to the fact that I mix English and French probably more than any normal French person would. Um, but I also think, you know, I one, I had to work really hard. I didn't show up here speaking French. I kind of tortured myself, forced myself to speak French. Uh, even when people would speak English to me, I would like really insist, like, I'm going to, you know, speak in French until they, they give up. Um, but I also think, you know, I'm really lucky we work in this uh, ecosystem that's kind of very open minded, um, you know, I think where people can really be themselves, uh, even though, you know, we, we, we see a lot of biases and discrimination still. Mm. I think if you compare it with a lot of other work environments, um, this is really a place that we actually are talking about diversity, trying to encourage diversity, conscious of the problems. Um, which isn't the case elsewhere. And I think that's why I can also get away with, um, you know, anything that's a, a little bit unusual. Yeah. So most of the time, we, many people talk about the French, the French ecosystem and say, oh, we don't have a lot of things right now. But I think every ecosystem out there has a problem. But the one thing I can know uh, and I can argue uh, on the French ecosystem that 
French ecosystem, tech ecosystem is welcoming. So if you want to take a place, you can't, you know, but if you don't take a place and you argue and you tr don't try to understand, to be empathetic and to give something to this ecosystem, this ecosystem can, can never be better than, than it is right now. But it's, 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 more, it's more okay than uh, some another, I don't, really, I don't really talk about it, some people or some ecosystem, but it's more better, French ecosystem, French tech ecosystem is more better than some ecosystem in Europe, you know? So Cocorico for France, so France is a good place. <laughs> Yeah, but actually, I think even beyond just the, the ecosystem, like if we were working in a more traditional, like in, in banking, in construction, um, you know, these are places where I think the business culture and, you know, how they expect people to behave and sound is very different. Um, so I got exposed to kind of the construction universe through Station F because when I joined the project, it was like just a, a building. And I remember showing up on the construction site and they were like, there's no way you are working on this building, um, which is just not something that I, I, I've heard in the last few years in the tech space, for example. So it shows you it's an even more kind of masculine, macho environment. Mm. Um, and then I also think like if I were to work in maybe banking or maybe, you know, something a little bit more traditional, um, maybe the fact that I am American and not born and raised in France, uh, that would have been more of a problem. So I think I'm, that's kind of what I was pointing to is that also, yes, there are ecosystems that, you know, our ecosystem is not perfect, but you can definitely be more of who you want to be, I think, in a tech, early adopter, beta testy environment um, than in another ecosystem. Totally agree. So why did you join uh, Station F and how did you meet Xavier? So the, the, I remember, as, as you already said, that, that when the station was just a building and I saw the article, I said, oh, she was a part of the Microsoft as a director of this Accenture program. And right now, She's there, and I, I never know how do how do you do you what is the first time and when you when did you fit with this amazing man? Uh, yeah, we we, we want we will uh, we want knowing the stories behind <laughs> the backstage. <laughs> yeah, so I met Xavier in 2010 um, at a Microsoft conference. I think Steve Ballmer had come to Paris, and there was some like big event at Microsoft, and I met him. And I was working at TechCrunch, so I was a bit surprised. He's like, "Oh, you're the girl at TechCrunch. I read your articles." And I was like, "No, you don't." But okay. <laughs> um, and we we stayed in touch actually by email. And then one day, I think it was like 2013 or 14, I got a really like random email from him, like. I think the title was something like, do you have trouble with jet lag? And I was like, oh my God, what is, what is this question? And he wanted somebody to kind of go and look at different um, startup spaces around the world and kind of, you know, just get, get some ideas for this project. And we hadn't really discussed, discussed it too much, but when I got the email, I was in San Francisco. So I was like, yeah, I can look at, you know, a few here. I can look at a few, you know, throughout Europe. I was working at Microsoft, so it was a little bit hard for me to go too much further than that. Yeah. Um, but we looked at a whole bunch of places and when I when I sent him you know photos and some notes and stuff and he's like yeah come meet my architects and after we met the architects like the first time I thought okay that's it and then he's like come meet the architects again <laughs> that's when I was like this is weird because I don't really understand what's going on um and I think you know we just ended up having some really great discussions that kind of just led to well do you want to lead this project and there was never really a formal interview process or anything, but it just kind of happened very naturally. And I think in a way we started working on the project before either of us even realized it. Um, and so a few few months later, I left Microsoft and, and came on full time. Wow. And uh, and uh, why did you join the, the, the station? So what what is the, 
you know, what is, what is, what is the, the core of thing in, uh, in, in terms of, um, in, you know, narrative of, you know, uh, fits that say to you, okay, this product is just amazing and I want to be the part of this, of this adventure because I think that station is just not, is more than a, a campus. I think it's a human adventure. How, how did you decide to be in this adventure to change the paradigm on our tech ecosystem, the French tech ecosystem particularly, but the global tech ecosystem in general? Well, I think at the time, I mean, this has really changed since I joined. Um, obviously, this, the first element hasn't changed. I love the fact that Xavier was behind the project because he was really somebody um, willing to take big, bold risks. He had launched uh, Ecole 42, um, teaching 1,000 people to code for free every year. He had launched Kima, you know, investing in 100 companies per year. Um, so I, everything that he did was big and bold and just kind of like broke all the rules. And so with this, it was like, we're going to build the world's biggest. Um, it wasn't called a campus at the time. It was called an incubator. Um, so I loved that. And I just thought, you know, working with somebody who, who thinks that way and isn't scared and wants to really make a huge dent, uh, mm. totally on board. And then I think the second thing that I love was actually the project. We had the, we had the building, we had the shell, but we didn't really know what we were going to put in it. And so there was so much to build and create and define that I just thought this is fascinating. Um, and I think, you know, since I've come on board, I realized just how much potential this this is like a platform and we've only i think we've only just scraped the surface of what we can build with it um so I, that's what i just find fascinating about it yeah yeah it's so amazing it's amazing so and congratulations because in five i think three or five i don't know but so in, in two three five years so we're doing a lot of <laughs> great things and uh Thank yeah you. now now you know now like when when you say uh station F, everywhere we go right now you know people say oh so the the the, the biggest incubator in france yeah 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 so just amazing congratulations for that so thank you why are you involved in diversity mixing? It, it, it was the beginning was when you was uh, more child or so your free hour you know when you was a kid you have a, a lot of friends from different perspectives etc but so what's, what's the beginning of, of your involvement on diversity and mixity? Because I don't think so, like you start this thing in France. I think you start earlier, right? It's actually, it's interesting that you say that because I think I probably wasn't even conscious of it until you just asked me the question. Um, I, I definitely started caring about diversity like very openly when I came to France and I launched the Girls in Tech project. Um, I think, though, however, you're absolutely right. It probably started in the U.S. My parents were immigrants uh, from Iran. Iran obviously had a bit of a political crisis, uh, wasn't super well regarded by the Americans. And then with 9-11, I think we kind of relived a moment of feeling a bit like a foreigner in, in your own country. Now, there's actually something I, I love also about being a foreigner because I, I made the decision to come to France to be a foreigner. A foreigner also doesn't necessarily have to adhere here to the same rules. You're kind of a, a you know, they're, they're a bit of an alien. I, I think that term can be negatively connotated, but I actually mean it in a very positive way. Mm. Um, you really get to kind of define who you are and adhere to what you like when you're a foreigner, um, much more than when you're local. And so I think that was something that I became very conscious of. And then I, I just truly believe that, you know, just looking at, you know, all the experiences that I've been through, the most fascinating ideas, projects, innovations, the, the things that you really feel are addressing um, issues that, that people should care about 
um, usually come from places you least expect it. And so I think that's why we've really started to care so much about diversity with Station F. I knew it had to be a key part of the project um, if we're going to fill a building like Station F with incredible ideas. So um, I think, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's been, a, it's been a long journey that's kind of been there throughout my life. Yeah, and, and uh, what is very interesting about what you say that, uh, you know, when you are for, uh, uh, sort of alien, as you say, that you can reshape your life and you can reshape your destiny. And that's what you are, you are doing. Like, you don't say, okay, because I'm a woman, because of the blah, 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 I will don't make a big thing in France. You are coming in France, and finally, right now, we shall reshape everything in terms of your accent, in terms of how you live. Right now, you are more French than uh, anybody else. Uh, <laughs> in terms of achievement, now you, right, you know, a director of, of, of this incredible, uh, again, uh, campus. You know, you are just a role model for many women say, oh, I can, I can because I immigrant, because I'm blah, blah, blah. We can right now in this society reshape our narrative and you are the proof of that. I'm very glad to know you. Thank you. That's that's really touching to hear. I actually feel like the the amazing women that we have on campus, like that's I really almost see myself as. I want to provide those people a platform because there's so many incredible not just women, people from all countries, all backgrounds, um, and they're there. And I just find it amazing that sometimes we don't see them and we don't um, even notice the incredible things that they're doing. So I, I, I really think uh, that's kind of the mindset that I have. Mm, yeah. So what, what, how do you define diversity and what is the next chapter of diversity? Do you, according to, the, to your article, because I do my homework, you know, many times people ask to the, to their guests, oh, can you be a guest for me? But they don't do the homework. I do my homework and I see that uh, we have uh, uh, recently, oh, I don't know, it could be one, one month or one year, I don't know, but you asked to write an article about the next chapter of diversity. So according to this article, uh, how do you, do you define our diversity and what's the next chapter of diversity in France and in the world also? So I think um, you're asking this question at a really uh, important moment. You know, it's after the Me Too movement. It's kind of in the height of the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, I think everyone is conscious and a lot of people don't know what to do about it. And I think um, in Europe, we haven't been in the epicenter of Black Lives Matter or even Me Too. Um, and so we've almost, shied away from having the real tough conversations. Now, I also think one thing that I've liked about it here is that we haven't, I think, you know, there's kind of been, me too, I think it had to happen the way that it did. I'm not saying that it didn't, but I think there was definitely a negative feeling about it where it was really calling people out, um, you know, and instead of kind of building people up that were doing the right thing, we were calling people out for doing the wrong thing. And so I think now we need to kind of go in a more positive direction, say these are, this is a behavior that we want to see. These are people who are doing it. Um, but I actually think the future, like I think companies are just beginning to get away, aware of this problem. And I think in the future, you're not going to have LPs investing in funds if they don't you know, respect a minimum of diversity. You're not going to have funds investing in founders if they don't respect diversity. Um, you, I think just like the whole chain is going to start to integrate it, but it's been moving forward a lot, lot slower than I would have liked to see. Okay, so that, that, that means for you, diversity is the fact that, okay, 
every people can uh, uh, be different, but more welcoming and, uh, and uh, we, we must involve, right? So like accept the fact that we are different, but how a different can be a asset to innovate and create something uh, great, right? Yeah, and I think, you know, the perfect example of it um, is the fighters program at Station F. I mean, we started this program. This was like, this was actually Xavier's idea. He wanted to obviously have this big building, but he really wanted to show that anybody can be an entrepreneur. And I think he himself comes from a bit of a, a typical background in France. Um, and so he wants to, to show more people that they can have the same opportunities that he did. Um, and so I think, you know, in this program, what has been really fascinating is we have seen people coming from all kinds of difficult, crazy situations. I mean, you know, not having higher education, um, being in prison, living on the streets, having to deal with crazy diseases, um, being in ecosystems where politically you can actually not build the business that you want to build. So I think, you know, we're, uh, we, we're surrounded by some just really brilliant people that have faced some very hard struggles and we see them innovating completely differently. And I think what's fascinating to me is that they are addressing real world problems. And I think the tech ecosystem kind of has this image of um, we're really just building, you know, nice features for the tip of the iceberg and are these like really necessary solutions, probably 90%, not so much. Um, and so with the fighters program, I think we're actually seeing people that because they're building stuff to address people who have been in similar struggles that they have, it turns out to be incredibly valuable ideas. Yeah. So for you, according to also uh, your um, episode on station podcast with uh, Joshua Olusenia and uh, Daisy mm. Onudobogu, so how how startup funders and VC can involve in the racial and justice issue in tech and investment? Well, that was, uh, as you mentioned, that was a discussion that we had on the Station F podcast. And, you know, it's funny because one of the topics we talked about on the podcast was quotas. And I remember that they were, even between the two of them, not in agreement on quotas. Because on the one hand, you need, I think you need metrics, you need to measure, you need to, you know, put something, a number on the issue and also put a target. So in, in some sense, quotas make sense. In another sense, they don't make any sense because people are not numbers. <laughs> um, yeah. People don't want to be selected just because, you know, like when we select people at Station F, for example, um, we have very high number of female participants in some of our programs. They're not selected because they are women. They're selected because they're excellent. Um, and you don't change the criteria. Now, I think the problem that we've heard a lot about in the ecosystem, for example, a lot of VC funds will say, well, we tried to find a VC uh, that was a female, we just didn't find one that was qualified. And I just think that's a completely wrong statement. <laughs> um, and that's something that we've heard quite a few times. And it shows that people don't know where to look. Uh, people don't know, you know, they, they, I think that's really more of the issue or maybe you know, the people that they're attracting are not the right people, but it doesn't mean that that doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah. So can, can, you, can you tell uh, a bit about uh, Station and Fighter program, how we, people can apply? Uh, do, you, do you have some link to share? So how, what, how would this work, this program for, for people? Super. So yeah, we have actually um, applications are open for the Fighters program and also the Founders program. Now, the Fighters program is the one for people coming from underprivileged backgrounds. And we don't specify what that means because we cannot possibly imagine all the difficulties that people have been through 
Um, we give some examples, but if somebody feels that they deserve to be in that program, they can apply and they just have to tell us why. Um, and so the application, this is the only program where you can apply in French or English. All the other programs on campus are English. So obviously we have some people that sometimes feel more comfortable in French. Um, you don't have to actually have a prototype. That's also something that's very different from our other programs, but you have to show us that you have done something with your idea. So maybe, you know, you had an idea to do something and you built an email newsletter and like, you know, people signed up or you have a Facebook community or these are just some things we've seen in the past. You don't necessarily have to have a product or a working prototype. Um, and so these people come um, for a live jury. That's also something that's very different is we like to meet all the people that are finalists um, after they've applied. And when they get into the program, it's free for an entire year to be at Station F. They get access to um, everything on campus. And we actually try to go a little bit further than what we would offer in, in some of our other programs, because we know these are people that maybe have been less surrounded by, um, you know, kind of the entrepreneurial uh, language and, you know, all the different organizations that you know, anybody else might know. Um, so we work with them very closely. And I think actually there's a real special spirit that kind of we see in the fighters program because it's really a small program with a great cohesion. And these people have a real like hacker mindset, like they can get anything done. <laughs> so I think <laughs> if, if someone's listening to this and they kind of identify with that, I would really encourage them to apply. Um, deadline is early October, so they should try to just go on our website, uh, stationf.co and fill out an application. Okay, I, I will I will do the propaganda for 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 the <laughs> fighter sure, program, and uh, yeah, because you know we, we must have more 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 uh, representative people on on this amazing campus. So, uh, we are not far. We are on the on the, our final stage. Like, what is your perspective on happiness? Because I started this podcast uh, in this uh, coronavirus crisis, and I. Because I say finally, okay, I do take, you know, I do, I'm involved a lot in tech, etc. But why I do what I do right now? What is my purpose? What is my mission statement? What is my narrative? What is what 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 are the 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 the, the nature of God or whatever create me to, to be on this planet, right? And uh, and uh, in this journey, every time I receive uh, I receive my host uh, or my I know my guest, sorry, uh, I, I try to be more wiser, you know, and uh. I want to know your thoughts because I think you also you are a thought leader, and uh, your thought uh, interests me and interests all my audience too. So I think it's fascinating that you're asking a question about happiness in a somewhat of a business-oriented podcast, and I find that um, I find that fascinating because I think we often forget to talk about happiness and fulfillment. Um, a lot of people, I think especially we've seen kind of a business culture um, come out of, you know, maybe Silicon Valley or I don't know, other locations that have kind of led the way for creating companies. And people get very caught up in the metrics. They get very caught up in, you know, big rounds of funding. They get very caught up in, you know, some of these, these things that we see in the press. It's really important to remember creating happiness for yourself, for other people around you. Um, I really think that, you know, values-driven innovation, and I, I think we probably have to find a better name for it, but I think it's going to be the future um, of everything. And so I think, you know, the fact that you're asking this question tells me so much about you, and I think that just speaks very highly of you, but also I think about 
you know, a new trend that we're going to start to see in the future in the business space is people actually not caring about so much the number of hours you've worked and the number of metrics that you've got. Yes, they'll be important, but happiness will be just as important. Yeah, and uh, and right now, how how you, uh, what now your happiness? I think is is your is your is your is your baby, right? You know. Yeah, I don't talk a lot about my I don't talk a lot about my personal life, but yes, my personal life is. Uh, um, I'm definitely very happy about it. And I think actually it, it's, they're not mutually exclusive, personal and, and professional life. I think when one is going well, it often feeds into the other. So definitely going well. Yeah, cool. So what is your final word? Oh my God, what is my final word? Um, I think my final word is go. <laughs> <laughs> if people, if people want to launch something, if people want to do something, if people want to make a change, go, let's do it. Um, I think that's what I'll, what I'll end with. Well, thanks so much. So thanks so much for your time. Thanks so much to involve on this podcast. Thanks so much to be uh, what you you are. And uh, thanks so much for your commitment for uh, for this planet and for, for this country, friends. We love friends. Coco Rico again for friends. And uh, hopefully we want to see a mosaic of different tech people from all over the world coming to friends. Because friends will be not the next Silicon Valley. Friends will be the next place to do what we want to do and go. Let's go. Thank you. Thank you again. Super, thank you. Thanks guys for listening. Please, please subscribe and share it. Share this podcast with your friend and your family. See you next time. Have a blessed day.